we are still awake that's a good sign so an introduction uh, as I said my name is Paul married with four children married to Emma uh, from Wyndham and I bring blessings from Wyndham to you this morning um, and as I say I've been doing ministry now about seven years and uh, I come to speak and bring a word to you today but you'll be encouraged because uh, I took some advice from my wife it's always good husbands note this down it's always good to take advice from your wife when I first started speaking and I was a bit anxious and worried she said to me a piece of advice that has always stuck with me she said keep your messages like you I said what you know funny witty encouraging she said no short and simple You've got to love a wife for honesty, haven't you? So she said, I hope that today's message isn't too long. You know, I hope it's short and simple. Um, but I hope that it's encouraging to you. Um, what I want to look at today is, what does it mean to be a healthy church? As I said to you earlier, one of the things that um, was on the home mission thing was, how are you growing? This wonderful question. How are you growing? And it's a good question. What is growth? What is growth? You know, is it judged on numbers? Because we're much smaller than you if you look on numbers. But I don't think it's just numbers. You know, you can have a big church and be unhealthy. You can have a little church and be unhealthy. You can have a big church and be really healthy. You can have a small church and be really healthy. I think health is determined by not just size. And if you notice the picture, um, how many of us have got a smartphone? How many of us own a smartphone? Okay. There's an app on there called the Health App. Right? I don't know whether you use it at all, but if I have this in my pocket, it'll tell me how many steps I've done during the day and how healthy I am. Well, over Christmas, if you can remember that far back, the family and I uh, bought my wife a watch. One of these special fitness watches. It's incredible. It even bleeps at her to tell her to breathe. I mean, can you believe that? I don't know what she's ever going to do if the battery runs out, so pray for her. It bleeds at her to tell her to breathe. It monitors her health and sees how she's doing. So I pose the question to you today, what is a healthy church? Or for that matter, what's a healthy Christian? Because, and I will keep saying church, but this can be applied individually because we're church as a body. So, you know, it's good that we're all healthy. So, though I keep saying church, this can apply to us. Um, What is it? How do we measure our health? And hopefully I'm going to show a little video if Marion can work it. Bless her. Have a look at this guy if we can get it going. And see how he's doing on his health. I like the fact that he's even got the cheek to mop his brow as though he's working really hard. He's got all the gear and no idea. You know, he clearly feels like he's exercising, but do you think that's really benefiting him? 
I very much doubt it. Acts, this piece in Acts, very interesting, and thank you, Steve, for the reading. Um, and I'm only going to be talking about, although I only asked for the reading, 1-7, I encourage you in your own time to read the whole, read the whole of Acts 19. Uh, so maybe put a bookmark in. Um, and, because I'm going to reference more points than just 1-7. to seven. But I want to talk about this. When we're monitoring our health, the best place to start is with a doctor. So Luke, the doctor, wrote Acts. So that's where we're going to go, and we're going to look at what it means to be a healthy church. And there are going to be five key points, and I know you're looking at your watch. Five key points I want to pull out for this morning. And if you're anything like Wyndham, they jot down notes at Wyndham, and I, I often think of this saying, you know, anything you can say will and be used against you in evidence. You know, when they start jotting down. But I'll refresh you at the end as to what those five key points are. But the five key points I want us to consider are this. Are we connected to God, balanced in the truth, serving others and not just ourselves, aware of and engaged in spiritual warfare, and willing to face the tough challenges? So they're the five points we're going to look at today. So firstly, we're going to look at this letter, or Acts is referencing Ephesians church, the church in Ephesus. Okay? The city of Ephesus was a great bustling city. At the height when this was written, when Luke's account was written, there was 250,000 people lived there. Huge place. They had an auditorium that sat 24,000 people, and people would speak there, and people would flock to this place. It was ranked in the Roman province of Asia as the great city alongside, uh, alongside Antioch of Syria and Alexandria in Egypt as one of the greatest cities on the Mediterranean Sea. We know that because much of it is still preserved. But get this, no one lives there anymore. No one's there anymore. The only people you'll ever see there are tourists. So what happened? What happened? It's deserted. Well, it was a very important city and it relied on its harbour. It relied on its harbour to bring in trade. And over the time, that harbour started to silt up. No one decided to check what was happening with the river. And eventually the silt built up and built up to the point where the river got cut off from the sea. This harbour got cut off in Ephesus from the sea. The thing that was giving Ephesus its life was allowed to clog up and the city died and it's now actually six miles from any water. Here's an illustration that can be used for us. What was once a great and impressive place is now desolate and dead because the life source wasn't looked after. Simple as that. When we're considering what's a healthy church, we've got to consider this. How connected to our life source are we? How connected to our life source are we? How connected to Jesus are we? As an individual, as a church, 
how connected to Jesus are we? Do we look after that? Is that our constant focus? Or is that just we're going through the motions of some kind of religion? Which is what Paul discovered when he arrived here to these first believers in Ephesus. They hadn't got the whole message. All they'd got is a message of repentance. They didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Weren't really sure about Jesus. Had got baptism, but that was John's baptism. But what about us? We can go through the motions of religion. We can turn up here every Sunday. You can come over to Wyndham. And I'm not advocating church hopping before you stone me outside the gates. We can go through this motion. This motion of religion. Without staying connected to the source. Now I put the Wi-Fi symbol up. How often do you check your Wi-Fi connection? Well, probably not a lot. I don't. But living with four children, I can tell you this. I can shout till I'm blue in the face that it's tea time and no one will respond. But if I shut the Wi-Fi off, there's a different thing altogether. If I turn that router off, children will appear from where you didn't even know you had kids. They will come out of all sorts of places to say, hey, what's going on? If you don't think that you've heard from Jesus in a while, have you worried about it? Do you seek prayer? Do you question yourself? How connected to God am I really? Do you look after that? Do you only read the word when it's Sunday? It's the only time of studying your Bible? When Steve reads it out to you? Spurgeon's once said, right, that a man whose Bible has fallen apart normally isn't. Well, mine is just about falling apart do you feed on this daily or is it just a religious exercise are you only skim reading how connected are we in our relationship to Jesus this place at Ephesus died because they didn't look after the connection to the life source Jesus said I am the way the truth and the Oh, there is some out there. The life. I am the life. If we're not connected to him, we'll spiritually die. We will spiritually die. Check your connection often. Second, are we a people who are balanced in the truth? Now, I know what you're thinking. This is before I had my hair cut. healthy church is a balance in the truth if you look at verse 4 Paul asks the questions around the message that the church has received they replied that they've got this message of repentance but that's all they've got that's all they've got they haven't got the whole picture they're not taking scripture in its completeness they're just focused on repentance now there's nothing wrong with focusing on repentance but we need a balanced view of the whole picture of scripture a balanced view of everything. How many of us have uh, met those people who are fixated on one issue of Christianity? Whether that be worship, whether that be prayer, they seem unbalanced. That's all they focus on. I've met people, you know, it's said, isn't it, that there are those who can get into Revelation and there are those who can't seem to get out of it. 
How many of us avoid the difficult passages in Scripture because we just don't want to go there? We don't want to read the Old Testament. It's too difficult. I know when I went uh, through some of the Old Testament, I thought, blimey, if they kill another pigeon, I don't think I can read any more. <laughs> but we have to have a balanced view of the whole picture of God to get a full understanding. We need to be balanced in the truth. People are balanced in the truth, not just fixated on one aspect. Repentance is a great example. I struggled with this when I first became a Christian. Okay, I got repentance, but I was repentant of everything. Even stuff that wasn't a sin, just through sheer fear. I hadn't got the understanding of love and grace and the rest of it. All I've got is one aspect of the message. To be healthy, we need to be balanced in the truth. To be a healthy church, we need to be balanced in the truth. What happens with grace? What happens with repentance? How do we disciple people? How do we bring people on? Without the burden of guilt that they're to be set free from. Do we go on sinning? By no means, we're told. We need to be balanced in the truth to be healthy. I'm watching my watch, Steve. I can see you looking at me. (laughs) Many of you will remember this program. Are you being served? Okay. To be healthy Christians, to be a balanced church, we need to understand what it means to serve others and not just ourselves. Have a look round. Thank God for those people who serve you here in this church. Whether that's on that PA desk, who are doing your tea and coffee, who are cleaning the toilets during the week, who are ministering to you week in, week out. Even the person who makes sure that the chair that Jesus gave you specifically is in the right place for you this morning. (laughs) Thank God for those who serve. But we're all called to serve. All of us. You know, uh, we had a discussion this morning about the rugby, didn't we? The most vocal point in rugby are the fans who do nothing but shout to the coach about what he should and shouldn't be doing. Oh, Christianity's not like that. It's not a spectator sport. It's not for you to sit there and expect everything done for you. We are all called to serve. You might not be called to serve and stand up here and preach, although you'd probably do a better job than me. You might be called to do it in another way. Every single one of us is called to serve. Every single one of us, whether that's your neighbour. And get this, I, you know, we've started this ministry about a year ago called Cafe Church. It's on every other month on a Sunday morning. And we had a lovely church meeting about it. And someone was complaining because the messages in there are quite simple. On purpose because they're there to reach those who've got no idea about Christianity. And one woman challenged me, she said, um, she said, it's not fair that we're doing this, because I come to be church, or I come to church to be fed, was her answer. Long-standing Christian. I'm going to tell you. And out of love, and I do mean love, I said this, maybe then it's time you took off your bib and put on your apron. If you're just looking to be fed, take off your bib, put on your apron. Get serving. Get helping others to get this message. 
this gospel that's so desperately needed in this world. Okay, this church here had a healthy awareness of spiritual warfare. Do we have a healthy awareness of spiritual warfare? Was the question I posed here. Um, and you'll look at the sign and wonder why I put up a fuel gauge. Well, I like to play this game because I'm quite brave, me. I'm quite bold. And I play this game with a wife which annoys her called Fuel Gauge Roulette. I can go further on the miles in the tank than the tank is telling me. I'm one of those guys who will play this game where I say, do you know what, we can make the next fuel station because it's ten pence a litre cheaper than this one, even though the light is on. I'm kind of stupid like that. Okay, But if I run out of fuel, that is my fault. Okay, There are some of us who run out of fuel and then somehow the enemy is against us. Or the photocopier is out of paper. The enemy's having a field day. Not everything is a spiritual battle. You'll get some people who have an overemphasis where everything is conspiring against them. That must be the enemy. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. But we are in a spiritual battle. To be a healthy Christian and a healthy church, we need to understand we are in a spiritual battle. There's a war on people. And it's a war for souls. And it's a war for the lost. If we're going to be a healthy church, we need to be balanced in this truth. Balanced in this truth. You know, if you look at this passage and go through it, you'll see as you read further and further on, through the book of Acts, Paul was aware of the spiritual battle and they were having it and they were winning it to the point the silversmiths were going out of business because the idols were no longer being made because the Christians had arrived and we're having it out in spiritual warfare. If we're going to be healthy Christians, we need to understand that we're in a spiritual battle. And I'm just going to quickly say this to you. If the enemy was going to take you out of the fight, how would he do it? If the enemy was going to take you out of the fight today, how would he do it? Are you aware of it? Is it your marriage? Is it your friendship? Is he going to get you ensnared in some sort of gossip undermining the church? If the enemy was going to take you out, how would he do it? Ephesians 6 tells us to put on the armour of God because there is a war on. A healthy church knows that. A healthy Christian knows that. And as I'm drawing towards the end... A healthy church is willing to face tough challenges. If you look at 19 verse 21, after quite a a gruelling that Paul's already had, he then says these amazing words. He says, I'm going to go to Rome. I'm going to go to Rome. Take the message there. And who's waiting for him in Rome? This guy. Nero who was persecuting Christians left, right and centre he was so bad that he had four goes at his mum to kill her that's how bad this guy was so bad that actually the Christians at the time thought he was the Antichrist he was a narcissist and uh, I did like this quote so I'll put it down I looked up 
uh, historians say that when he was speaking, no one was allowed to leave the room to the point where women gave birth during his speeches and some men even faked their own death to get out of his talk. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. This is how narcissistic this man was. And he was killing Christians left, right and centre. But Paul said, I'm going to Rome. A healthy church, healthy Christians know that sometimes we've got to take the battle where it's going to be really hard. Where it's going to be really difficult. It might be for you as a church that you take on a ministry you've never done before. You've never even considered before. It might be to a point where you get rejected, where you get told, no, this isn't, we don't want to hear that. But we've got to go where the tough challenges are. We've got to go where it's tough. And if you think we've never done it before, maybe that's what, exactly what God is calling you to. To do what you've never done before. A healthy church is willing to face the tough challenges. So before you do go away from here, I want you to think about these five things. A healthy church, connected to God. How connected to God are you? Are you just going through the motions? Have you just got a religion? Or have you got a relationship? Because it's the relationship that brings you life. I have balanced in the truth. I have studied in the whole word. Not just the bits you like. Not just the passages that speak to you today. Are you serving others and not just yourself? A healthy church serves others, not just themselves. Are you aware that we are engaged in spiritual warfare? And what are we doing about it? And are you willing to face the tough challenges? Now I know you've got a chicken in the oven. I want to leave you with a challenge. I know Steve has already given you one about setting your alarm for this prayer meeting. How many of us have got to go out tomorrow? No one's going out tomorrow? Not leaving the house? You are leaving the house. How many of us will have a set of keys that we have to lock up with? How many of us don't like putting your hand up no matter what I say up the front? (laughs) Here's the challenge. What I want you to do is take that set of keys tonight before you go to bed and I want you to put them underneath your dining room table. I said underneath, I didn't say on top of. Underneath your dining room table. And in the morning, when you've got to go somewhere, and you're on your knees... You pray for this church. You pray for Whitard Road. You pray that this is a healthy church and it shows the gospel far and wide and it becomes the beacon on the hill in the dark world we're involved in. Shall we close in prayer? Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace. We ask that you keep us connected to you, Lord. 
that through your life-giving Holy Spirit, Lord, we would be your witnesses to the ends of the earth. Lord, I pray that you keep us balanced in the truth. We pray that we understand what it means to serve others, to put others before ourselves, Lord, in the way that you did on that cross. Father, clothe us in your armour as we engage in the spiritual battles of this world and of the week ahead. And Lord, as we pray together as a church, as we continue to seek your vision for this place, by the power of your Spirit, may we be willing to face the tough challenges. Lord, may we be known as healthy people of your kingdom. In Jesus' name.